So hello, welcome back to another episode. Today we have with us Alex who is the founder of dilutional.com and he's going to talk all about equity dilution, stock markets and more. So Alex, tell us about dilutional.com. Dilutional.com really got inspired by all of the different parts of the investing world. For me, it was the SEC filings that were very difficult to understand and mostly the dilutional part of it. Dilution is something that many of the registered companies do to, to gain more, more significant value and money to the market. So let's say if there's a biotech company and they want to move through to the next step of the F- FDD, FDA trial and want to publicly announce that they have some new product. This costs a lot of money. So they register shares to a different company that wants to buy them up. And then it starts to dilute in later on and makes a significant impact to the share price. Okay. So, you know, many people, you know, uh, most importantly, founders may not fully grasp you know, the implications of equity dilution um, very on early on in their startup journey. So what are some common misconceptions that you often come around or mistakes that you've seen in this regard? I've seen a lot of different mistakes, such as people trying to panic sell as soon as there is some type of filing that has with dilution to do. So let's say as soon as a company publishes a thing that's called S1 registration statement, this is just a shelf offering to later on dilute. But as soon as many retail traders and investors see the word dilution, they panic and just sell. Dilution filtering works in a way so that you just press on which type of stocks you have in your portfolio. And then it will later on send notifications depending on if your stocks are going to get diluted. And we think that the share price will decrease. We also have different type of tools that help with technical aspect of stocks. So we have something that is called pattern recognition, where you just press one simple button and instead of doing it the way that a lot of companies do when it's just a buy or sell button, then we have a description as well. So to help educate our traders. We also have different type of features such as pattern or press release filtering and also market news filtering that may impact the different type of share price, such as if it's a political party that has a meeting or different feds. That's great. Um, so, you know, uh, equity negotiation is a critical aspect. And uh, what advice do you particularly have for founders for negotiating fair terms with you know, investors while managing dilution effectively? Are there, any, are there any tips or tricks that you swear by? Yes, I always try to not dilute my companies too early on. Because there's different type of investors that just want to own the biggest part of the business early on and don't really care about if you benefit of it. So I try to stay away from mostly if you were doing some kind of software product, don't sell more than you have to of the company before you have a finished product because then that's when it's going to be worth the most. So try to 
try to like hold out and don't make this mistake that early on. That completely makes sense. So uh, dilutional.com also offers educational content. So what are some key lessons or, you know, maybe best practices that you often share with entrepreneurs to help them navigate through the entire dilution process? I try to just just make it make it easy on so let's say instead of just going into angel investor and pitching them i would rather see someone putting on some venture capital firm and having that having that impact so you have one kind of loan instead of just diluting and having that maybe 20 to 25 percent kick off right away as soon as you sell some equity so you know startup often goes through multiple funding rounds and um, how can founders proactively plan or manage dilution throughout the various stages of the company's growth? Like there are times when founders start to panic, just as you mentioned, um, they start panicking and then, you know, they might make some mistakes. So what really, um, you know, how can founders really like plan um, ahead of time just so they don't panic in case if a situation is ever not going their way this is one of the things that i think is very important so let's really try to stay stay updated on how your equity percent is going so we don't like have to put in that big capital right at the start just to start up with marketing don't rush into that because i believe that if different type of startups with, of course, different sectors have different solutions for the problem. One of the things now in the tech sector is that a lot of these startups, especially in fintech, want to put on this massive equity amount right away and have massive funds just to get out their product to the market right away. I think this is something that you should take a slow step to and really take it a step at a time because now it are, is a lot of different solutions such as newspapers really love to write articles about different type of tech companies as well as there are affiliate solutions to just get on some kind of equity before starting to dilute out your shares. That makes complete sense. Um, you know, the tech and startup landscape is all, you know, it's always evolving. So are there any recent trends or changes in the industry that the founders should be aware of when it comes to equity dilution? Are there any significant changes? Uh, for the stock market, or do you mean for specific startups? No, no, for specific startups. Okay. Yeah, so I have, just if you look at like after the pandemic, I have seen different type of changes in the market that has been people have been more aware of these points than they had before. Because now after the market, a lot of people have been a little restrictive of their funds. And then we have found different types of solutions, such as affiliate marketing and different type of free marketing that is accessible. We also have some things that we could work on all of the startups, such as SEO is not something that comes that cost that was such a high cost that some of these other type of different marketing strategies has done, especially when Google sometimes ranked the most trending, trending sectors higher on the SEO. Do you think the, um, you know, the changes after pandemic 
also has something to do um with uh, you know, people not being able to earn anything, stock market crashing during the time of pandemic. Uh, so people, I think people have become more mi mindful of their investments and, you know, how they want to spend uh, and how they want to invest. So do you think um, that is in some way connected to uh, the changes post-pandemic? Yes, I believe that all of these different type of latest market crash has really made people think and not just throw throw money around as we used to do before yeah. so let's say just after the 2008 crash people weren't really crazy and taking mortgages and all of these different type of stuff and i believe that this pandemic has made a lot of people a bit more restrictive in investing in small type of bio biotechs and different type of micro cap companies yeah, I, I think in, in a way that's good also, uh, you know, to be more mindful of where you're putting your money in. Um, I, I remember when stock market and, you know, these terms initially came into light, more light than it was uh, there usually. Uh, people would just throw money around because stock market is always perceived as a, uh, you know, as an easy way out, as an easy uh, money making technique. Uh, and people just think that, okay, if we're investing in stock market, then uh, we're probably going to end up with a lot of money. But I think the pandemic and the, you know, market crashes really kind of changed it, uh, really kind of changed the perspective of people. So I, I feel in a way that that's also good. But what about you? What do you think? Yes, exactly. So a lot of people think that all the stocks that are registered to the stock market are safe choices and some type of like index fund security. But I think that this is a like common misconception that people really have to think through because there are really stuff that make make difference, such as if the company has a high volatility, then it could go very fast and it could be scary for a retail trader to deal with. Makes sense. Um, so, you know, transparency and communications are often, uh, you know, like maintaining transparency and communication is often crucial um especially in the early stages so how can founders effectively communicate changes in equity ownership and dilution to their employees like how do you communicate them how many how how you how do you communicate the trans like the changes and you know how do you maintain that transparency yeah so this is a difficult topic especially when you are really on the start of a startup because you maybe have a few employees that you want to regularly pay and maybe even grow their salary because they're doing a good job. So I think that being transparent to, to your employees, especially on an early stage, is very important. Maybe even before starting to dilute your shares, you could join these type of startup accelerating pro programs that really help you to decide on a good way and not, not just rush into different type of deals. Yeah. Um, looking ahead, what's on the horizon for dilutional.com? Do you have any specific plans or are you um, coming up with new features or developments that you're excited about? Yes, we have a few features that we are working on now that I really believe will make a difference for retail traders and really help them be more educated in the stock market. Yeah, I, I don't uh, believe that, you know, I'm a firm believer of uh, jinxing and I I, I won't force you to tell us what it is because I believe that you should not jinx it 
before it's done. So, uh, exactly. yeah. Exactly, we'll have to wait on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, as a founder yourself, what valuable lessons or insights have you gained from your journey? And, you know, there are times when we have these advices that come on later in our life and, we, you know, we wish we knew this earlier. So are there any specific lessons or specific insights that you have gained along your journey, but you would want to share it with, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, founders, people like me? Yeah, of course. So I think one of the most common misconceptions when starting a company is that you think that everything is going to go so fast. If it's ev evolution in the company and starting to get in a lot of money or just the products that you are creating that you think that it's going to go way faster than than it is. So I think that that is probably one of the things that I wish I knew starting it, but I think that it's a very important thing to bring with you so don't start to panic or like doubt your company because it's it's not that it's just that there isn't any way to just make that money overnight it's it's a long process that you have to be ready to go through yeah i guess patience is not everyone's strong suit but definitely not mine <laughs> uh so thank you charles this has been amazing i'm done with all my questions do you want to say anything anything to our listeners no, I think this has been great. Thank you very much.